Hello and welcome to another TN Tights special. We have with us another special guest, a four-year pro. He is known as the Urban Goth. He has trained at the FWA, the Frontier Wrestling Academy. He has trained at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling Academy, as well as training with Kapow Wrestling. He has wrestled for CWP, Charity Wrestling Promotion, uh, Kapow Wrestling, Knockout Wrestling Entertainment, Phoenix Wrestling Association, where he was a former tag team champion. He is one third co-founder and promoter of the IWE, that's the Independent Wrestling Elite, where he is the current IWE tag team champions. One half of the Goff Daddies, along, oh sorry, one half of the good Goff Almighty, the Goff Daddy, our guest today is Frankie T. How are we doing? How are we doing, lads? Thank you for having me. Not a problem. And you guys are listening to TNTites, a great British wrestling podcast for great British wrestling. I am your host, the great British otaku, Mr. Andrew Moore, Andy Tomos, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the pro wrestling t-shirt champion of the world, Big Daddy Dan. Daniel, how are you doing? I am absolutely peachy. Thank you very much. And I'm very excited to have Frankie on here so we can have a chat about all things music, all things goth, all things wrestling, um, especially bearing in mind that our last interview with Rebecca Resner, which is available now to listen to, um, we ended up going on a big Nine Inch Nails trip. So that was pretty cool. There we go. So yeah, let's start with the goth influence then. Uh, what if you know is is that something you kind of were as a teenager? Was it the music that influenced you? The uh, I'm not going to say outfits, uh, the dress design, I guess. Uh, the go for it. What, what was that? <laughs> um, well, growing up, I was a massive fan of um, being different. Um, and I was never into like the dance music or the pop music. Um, I was more, if they can play an instrument, I'm, I'm there. Um, and so very quickly got hooked into um, Marilyn Manson, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Skunk and Nancy. That sort of roped me in. Then later on, saying, Came along sort of Slipknot, uh, Prey to the Filth. Um, that sounded like my record collection at the moment. Oh, <laughs> all go, it all goes straight over my head, unfortunately. But yeah, Daniel, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've got, um, uh, I'm a DJ. I've been DJ for 24 years um, and I do love my metal. And um, one of the bands you just named out there, Skunk Nancy, absolutely fantastic live band. Have you seen them at all live? I have not. I'm actually kicking myself. I had the opportunity to, but I can't remember why, but I didn't end up going. They are still touring. Do make your A over to see them <laughs> if you get the chance. They are absolutely banging. So does that influence your entrance music? Um, so <clears throat> in wrestling, they say your character is you plus one, like an extension. Mm-hmm. So, with my um, entrance music, I was looking around, 
couldn't find anything. I wanted something specific, something original. And my cousin, who at the time was in this really awesome progressive rock band, done this track. Um, and I'll probably, I said to him, I said, look, can I, would you mind if I use this as a one-off and see how it goes? He said, yeah. Um, and the opening riff to the music is what a lot of people remember. So I was like, can I, can I have this? I'll, I'll buy it off you. And he went, no, just take it. Go with it. Excellent. But, it's, um, it's a bit special having your own music as opposed to so many people that are coming on with um, things that they've just taken and you've actually gone out of your way to get your own. That is good work. I think that's what makes you stand out. Um, everyone can sort of like, I know of three wrestlers on the independent scene that all come out to the same music. And for me, if someone else has got that music, then, you know, you, you're not really standing out. You're not being your true self. Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. It's because, uh, yeah, one of the things that you should do as a, as a wrestler is try and stand out, try and be different. Uh, wrestling should be a variety. Uh, we've said it before, it should be a variety show. It should be a variety of different people, different styles, uh, different music, different entrances. Nope, and it's, it gets a bit boring if everybody, as you say, is the same. Uh, now, of course, we said, obviously, you have been a pro now mainly for four years, uh, but you did originally start training at uh, the age of 18, a young age, uh, with the Frontier Wrestling Academy. So uh, let us know about that. Yeah, so um, I just moved into the into Portsmouth City Centre, more or less, Um Always wanted to do wrestling, could never find a way in, could never find a school. And then I walked past a phone box one day and I just see a flyer in there. I'd, curiosity got the better of me, so I went and had a look. Um, and it was to put a FWA training academy, which happened to be about 15 minutes down the road. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going. It was on a Wednesday night. I used to go. Um, and used to have a variety of people there, like the Lion Kid, um, Johnny Storm, used to make regular appearances. Uh, Andy Boy Simmons was another one there. Rishi Ghosh, Prince of Mumbai. So many talents there that have gone on to do. Jay White, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was yeah, there. It was, I, I don't know, I just had to go and speak to someone very quickly. I don't know if I missed it. Um, Joel Redman. Um, yeah, was on our. We interviewed him a couple of months back now, and he was chatting about FWA and how it um, made a big difference and big improvement on his training. Yeah, yeah the head coach there at the time was Mark Sloan. Um, I didn't, wasn't there for very long though because um, my partner at the time had felt fallen pregnant um, with her being from Yorkshire. I decided to. As the step back, she wanted to be near her family, so we ended up moving up north. So that is pretty north up near yeah. me. Uh, I'm uh masked by the sea, so I'm just a little bit further north uh, than Yorkshire, but uh, yes, up near me now. But uh, you then eventually made your way back down south, and 
uh, found your way into the Portsmouth School of Wrestling, which, of course, is the Rev Pro Academy, uh, run by Andy Quilden and Andy Boy Simmons, who, of course, was at the FWA with yourself. Uh, so what was that like? Um, it was really good. I mean, it was good value for money. Um, I might have changed now. Um, it was £10 for three hours on a... It was mainly on a Friday, uh, sorry, Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, but yeah, it was really good um, when I first went. Got the basics down. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, places, I've gone to other schools. Um, but the one thing that Rev Pro do that I don't really see any other schools doing was uh, warm-up stretches and warm-downs before and after each session. I think that's pretty important. Um, mm. That surprises me. Oh, no, because uh, Joel Revan told us, because they have that, uh, the the New Japan influence over there. Yeah. So, so he tried to set up, uh, you know, kind of a replica to the NJPW dojo system. So that's where they had the contenders and... That's why Brendan White always wears black trunks and things at Rev Pro because he's still in that division. Uh, who was in? Who was doing the? Who was the head trainer at that time? Um, head trainer at that time was uh, Andy Simmons, um, Marty Skull would often come down. I, I think he was on the books as one of the head trainers. Um, but obviously, his commitments elsewhere, he weren't there. He wasn't there all the time. But, um, but yeah, he was there. Uh, Lord Gideon Gray was another trainer from time to time. Excellent wrestler, brilliant coach. Why he's not everywhere else, I don't know. Mm, yeah, he's uh, fantastic on promo. He talks... Yeah so well uh, for himself uh, and he does a great job promoting other guys but yeah his actual technical wrestling is almost second to none uh, as Zack Saber-ish uh, I mean I'll say yeah. he's quite Zack Saber Jr but he has that kind of style and he is actually really really good at it With yeah. his character work I would love to see him bring a British invasion up to ICW I um, think he'd really fit in well there yeah, that would be fun. Who who would fit into that? Uh, who would you guys think would fit into that faction? Into Ooh, good faction? question. Uh, I, I, I like uh, people like Chris Widgeway. He has that. Uh, it's a bit more hardcore style, but there's still that very traditional British wrestling base. Uh, I would even throw in Curtis Chapman, uh, again, yes. a fantastic uh, technical wrestler when he wants to be. Uh, yes. Obviously, he does love to play the character, uh, uh, but Mad Kurt is now dead. He, he got killed, didn't he? Dan Maloney killed yeah. him. Mm. Curtis Chapman is uh, back, and we'll, we'll be talking about that on the next Brit Rest Roundup. Yeah, uh, the Young Guns. Because I'm just a big fan of theirs, massive uh, Luke Jacobs and Ethan Allen. Again, that traditional catch style uh, wrestling, I think. Uh, but who else? And I think Screwface Ahmed, because again, I think he'd fit in really well at ICW. Yeah, 
that's, that's another good shout. Making his name over at uh, North Reston as well as recently with Ruff Poe. Who um, do you think you'd put in there, Frankie? Uh, I would agree with Curtis Chapman. I'd put him in there. Um, I'd even put forward the Bone Brothers. As a tag. Yes, tag team that uh, regularly compete for DIWE. So we'll certainly be talking about them because we'll, we'll want to know about some of your the mainstay roster members with IWE. Uh, but I think while we're on this subject, let's talk about our Mount Rushton. Ah, okay. Uh, so... Go down, you go every, every every person we have on, we ask them to do their Mount Rushton. We have Mount Rushmore in America, and they always ask for their top American wrestlers to have their Mount Rushmore. We want a Mount Rushton of professional yeah. wrestlers. So, who do you think you would want to put on your four faces of Mount Rushton? Um, my four faces. Uh, it has to be the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he's one that I always looked up to um, I think at the time when I first got into wrestling I never saw any British guys anywhere and he was the first one I saw yeah. so I think he was he's, he would have to be a main a main one um, just trying to think who else I'd put up there Bret Hart I'd have to put on there Um, a lot of my technical stuff I take from him mm -hmm. in my matches. Um, absolute hero of mine. He's Canadian, he's anti American. We'll let it pass. <laughs> <laughs> Although, let's be honest, he's pretty much anti everybody at the moment. So, yeah, he also has the connection to British Bulldog, uh, of course, being his brother-in-law or at one point weren't and yes. Tom Billington Tom, as well. Tom Billington as well yeah. so you big connection to all the Bulldogs of course Stampede Wrestling as well we'll definitely let that one go through yeah um I think what else I'll put through I think I'd like to put through Jack Jester oh yeah um this whole it just reminds me so much of Drew McIntyre and sort of like power and size. Mm -hmm. And along with sort of Drew and ICW, they've done a lot for Scottish wrestling. Mm -hmm. And a lot for charity. He runs a charity yeah. with Piper Niven as well, um, helping the homeless in Scotland, particularly Glasgow. Well, yeah, so I'll put him on there. And how many is that? Three. three. That's three. One more. Oh, one more. Uh, I'll say I'll put Marty Jones on there. It's uh, yeah, he's he's very he was very accomplished in his time. I think what he was seven time uh, wrestling, British wrestling, a uh, lightweight was he a lightweight? Was it light heavyweight? It was a seven-time champion. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll move on from now. I think that's a, a, you know, it is a great list of some really, uh, as you say, technical wrestlers. I like Jack Jester there because he kind of stands out a little bit from all of those other guys. Uh, as you say, the other guys all have that 
proper technical side. But Jack has that more hardcore, aggressive. Uh, he does have that edge, but he can certainly still wrestle, can't he? He can. Uh, but uh, so, of course, you then uh, finally thought they settled in Kapow Wrestling and made your debut for Knockout Wrestling Entertainment. Is that right? Yes. Tell us about that then. So, yeah, so that one came about unexpected, really. Um, I was training at Kapow. Um, it was run by uh, Will Armstrong and Carl Atlas. Um, two good guys, you know exactly what they're doing. Um, Kapow Wrestling was uh, uh, cartoon-based wrestling. Bring back the colours, the superheroes, the bad guys. Um and while training there, this uh, the uh, this guy came up to me and he said, "Oh, I run uh, KWE Knockout Wrestling Entertainment. Um, we like what we see from you. Uh, why don't you come and have a match with us and just take it from there? Because they, I didn't know they worked alongside each other. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, brilliant. Um, so went along and singles match with." Maverick Blade, who I'll talk about him a bit later on. Um, it was just fantastic. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think the I think where they've not been going that long. Um, the ring, on the other hand, was a pretty small ring. I think it was looking. Oh, I do like stories about rings. <laughs> <laughs> It was a nine by nine ring. You could literally stand in the middle and just touch both sides of the ring. That's how small it was. Well, you've um, got to start somewhere. Uh, everyone's got to start. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, uh, I have seen those rings in it. It's, it's quite funny. Uh, when, you've got, when you've got a six foot uh, wrestler and you've got them in a submission hold and all they have to do is reach out to the, uh, to the rope. But... Uh, Dan always likes going. Go ask your question about the. We've had some great stories before about bad rings, um, ones that were held up literally with umbrellas, um, ones oh, where wow. the boards were so far up they blew out people's knees and ankles. What is the worst, not necessarily smallest, but worst ring that you've wrestled in? You don't have to say the company. No. no. <laughs> right. There is one actually. Um, uh, I won't say the company, but I. Went up to do this show um, over in the West. And the guy who set up the ring was like, yep, yeah, it's all done. It's all perfect. Now, part of my moveset is I do a moonsault. Um, so literally two minutes before, oh, sorry, five minutes before everybody started coming in, the crowd started coming in. But right, I'm just going to quickly run these ropes a minute. And the first rope I went to, I nearly fell through it. It was so slack. Even though they couldn't be tightened up anymore. Not good. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, that sounds of, like it was a bit dodgy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was nice to bump on. But mm. ropes... Where the moonsault go? <laughs> but the, the, the ropes um, was just, you know, as soon as... You, you, as soon as you hit it, you had to hold on for dear life and force yourself back off it. It was that slack. And 
the ring posts were coming off the floor with it. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake. So I'm guessing you chose not to do it. No, no, no. I went backstage and I was like, we're not doing this, 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 this and this. We're going to have to think of something else. Just for his safety and mine, really. I don't think I can blame you. (laughs) No, safety of uh, competitors is always uh, the forefront. And, uh, of course, we'll talk about some of that with IWA. Uh, Now, one of the promotions I did want to talk about is charity wrestling promotion. Obviously, you have wrestled for them. We would love to know a little bit more about them uh, and what they do. So can you you give us some inside information about them? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so, charity wrestling promotion. Uh, it's, it's, what they do is in is in the name. So they every show they do, all the money goes to a charity of their choosing. Or they've done um, Jack and Naomi's place. Uh, they've done show for cancer patients to help raise money for um, treatment and whatever else. So every, every show is for a different charity. Um, it was run by a guy called uh, Robbie Nitro. Uh, I've got a lot of love for the guy. He, um, Because of him, I've actually gone on to do the things I've actually did, done, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it brings literally... Up and comers coming through, he'll have them on. He'll put them against the experienced guys. He's had Bram in for one show. Um, who Bram actually sort of like dramatic, dramatically lowered his fee because it was for charity. That's excellent. Yeah. That's something you want to kind of hear, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, for someone of his caliber to actually turn around and do that, I think. It was just mainly his flights covered, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, of course, to bring him back from America to, to the UK to because uh, he's uh, wrestling over, of course, with the NWA alongside a uh, longtime friend Nick Aldis, the NWA champion right now, uh, doing a great job representing British wrestling. Uh, so, I mean, British wrestling is flying the flag high right now when you look at around the world and you look at the, who's won championships recently. Uh, where do you think that boom came from? Um, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't put a finger on it. I think the whole... I really, I'll tell you what I think it came about was when NXT first came around because that's when I really noticed it like kind of in your face British wrestling it was everywhere Um, and even more so when they announced they were doing the NXT UK which I think was for other reasons Um, a lot of people (laughs) was against it but yes it, NXT UK can be a bit dis- divisive. Uh, I know right now uh, it has unfortunately affected a few companies uh, with uh, some people that they've pulled in for tryouts, but they've told those people on tryouts by the looks of it to possibly uh, drop bookings. Yeah, I mean, I, I know of one. Um, 
I don't know if I'm in a place to say so or not. Uh, but we'll say we'll, the ones we know, and then yeah, you can, well, say, you can uh, say whether that was who you knew. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know because it's been reported by RevPro, so uh, it's, it's it's out there, it's in the news. So RevPro reported that both Jamie Hater and Sky Smithson have uh, got uh, gone. I haven't heard anywhere to confirm this, but I I believe Kanji is going to be part no, of this no, no, tryout because no, 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 no. I've noticed she seems to have uh, recently dropped out of a few posters. Uh, and it looks like, yeah, I'm not sure who else. That. That's going to be a hell of a women's roster. It's It's going to be... Yeah, I mean, wasted. Yeah. I didn't know Jamie Hater, but fair play to her. She deserves it. Yeah, she yeah. does. Uh, massive, uh, obviously, with her pro. She was the current champion today. She's actually vaked, uh, had to vacate the belt. Uh, so a new match has been announced, and you'll uh, hear all about that on the Brit Rest Roundup. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. NXT UK. I agree with you. For me, I didn't really know about the UK scene. I didn't. It was just something I kind of wasn't paying attention to. I knew, uh, obviously, WWE. I knew TNA. I knew ROH. And I knew New Japan. But I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on in England. Then suddenly, Will Ospreay appears. Uh, the Mighty Girl appears. Nick Aldis. Doug Williams. Uh, Drew McIntyre, even Rampage at one point, all started springing up. And then I hear about NXT UK's coming, and suddenly I looked into this. And I mean, now I've got this, I probably could, through what I do each episode of researching to British wrestling, I've got a massive database of hundreds of British wrestlers from around the UK. Uh, so many different British wrestling promotions across the UK. So as bad as NXT UK has been, it has also done some good. Yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd also say that without NXT UK being on the WWE network, I don't think we would have had ICW on the network and Progress and even WXW. It's very true, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they do seem to be the main feeder promotions now i guess i'd love uh, to see the statistics for the numbers that are watching those individual shows i'd love to see how many more people are watching nxt uk over say icw oh absolutely i reckon numbers be through the roof mm. through the roof now, one of the major companies that you yourself worked for, for was Phoenix Wrestling Association. That's where you've kind of really made your mark. Uh, you were the former tag team champions al alongside the hardcore hooligan. Uh, yeah. So how did that come about? Uh, and yeah. um, So I'd been with, I'd done a couple of shows at that point with Phoenix. Um couple of single matches, uh, a tag match with a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Royal. Um, I think we got invited up to a fun day that they had, the show in the evening. Um, 
So we went along to that. They invited us back for the main show. So me and Johnny had a one-on-one on that show. And they just kept inviting us back. Um, the title with Hardcore Hooligan, uh, <laughs> that was supposed to have been with Johnny Royal. But because he, he uh, Johnny plays football as well as wrestling. And I think he sustained a leg injury. So I had to drop out. Um, it's football. All their injuries are pretend. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to learn to sell, you watch football. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I had this discussion the other day. I saw a great example of that about an hour ago. Um, but yeah, so Gavin's kindly stepped in. Um, and at that particular time, for me, winning the championship belt, the tag team belt, quite special for me. Um I just recovered from second degree burns on my legs myself. Um, and I'd lost uh, a family member and within a week. And then at the end of 10, after 10 days, they, they uh, said, well, you and Gavin are going to win the belts. I was like, oh, brilliant. So it's quite emotional for me. Um, got a lot of love for the, uh, the owners there, um, Mark, John and Steve. Who will do a great job in running it? Um, they've had they've had some brilliant wrestlers on there. Uh, Colt Miles, aka White Tiger, been on there. Sadie Gibbs before mm-hmm. she went to AEW. Uh, Cody Hall. So for everyone to look down on them because uh, they're quite a small company. Um, that's where Pete Dunn made his mark as well. I might add. Do the concession stands do garlic bread? Ah, <laughs> not that well, not that I've seen. Uh, so, of course, you said uh, about your friends playing football. Uh, so, what's it? I mean, outside of wrestling or any sports, do you do currently, or did were you a sporting kid? Uh, I was quite a sporty kid. Um, I don't do that much now. Um, with kids and work and wrestling and IWE, that's taken up a lot of my time. But as a kid, you... I was basketball, baseball. Uh, I was always doing the long distance running, 1,500 metres. But you also did some MMA. I did, yes. So, because I do wrestling, everyone knows about it. Wrestling's fake you can't really fight and I thought to myself do you know what I'm going to do it I'm going to do MMA real punches real kicks and we'll see how we go and that was a white collar charity one for cancer research and between me and the guy I won against didn't we raise two grand between us excellent so I may not have won that one but I can take a few things from that. I was the, we was the first one to go past the first round. And, you know, we raised a hell of a lot of money for a good cause. That's absolutely amazing. I've been to one MMA training session when I was 30 years old and 18 stone. And a 14-year-old young lady absolutely decimated me and made me cry. And I thought, you know what? I, I, I can live without this on my resume. <laughs> 
I always like uh, wrestlers that have uh, or trained in uh, another discipline, an actual fighting discipline, even if it's actual, you know, catch wrestling as a discipline. I always find my, I guess, the guys I really like to see wrestle because I think having that experience and knowing what it feels like to be in a real fight can really add to your match to help uh, suspend that disbelief by, you know, trying to add the reality. This is why you've got such a thing for Japanese wrestling, isn't it, Andy? It is, yes, of course, of course. I am the great British Taku. I do love Japanese wrestling and all things Japanese, in fact. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any sort of outside other than your sort of goth stuff to... uh, fandoms or anything like that um not really i'm if i'm not here if i'm not at work then a lot of my time i'm just chilling playing on the xbox with the kids um that is i do a lot of cooking there you go. I do cooking. Check your macros. There you go. Uh, so, so, what sort of games do you like playing your Xbox? Uh, this is <laughs> going to be really embarrassing now. No, that's fine. <laughs> Fortnite, avid, isn't it? <laughs> I'm an avid Minecrafter. Ooh. Ah. There's nothing wrong with that. My kids love playing that as well. Well, you get a lot of funny looks when you tell people what, what games you play. I just play Minecraft. Yeah, but then you say you're a professional wrestler, and I'm assuming the funny looks just. Just fade away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I don't game too much. Uh, I go for the FIFA and the wrestling games. It's about uh, all I play on the on the uh, PlayStation. Is my uh, other half that is gamer. It's the same with you, isn't it, Dan? Your other half is the main gamer, isn't he? <laughs> Amy is indeed the main gamer. Um, although we got together, um, I think sure I've told this story before. Um, playing Gears of War over um, Xbox Live—that was okay. one of our big things that we did. And um, I don't know how many children you have. Between us, we've got seven. Um, so getting to <laughs> said Xbox is always a bit of a challenge, anyway. Um, okay, I've, I've got six. There you go. You're out done by one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about independent wrestling in elite. Uh, so, right, you're sort of like one third of the co-founder promoter. Or... Um, so it came about um, initially when when you're just breaking out into wrestling, and you're messaging promoters and bookers and email after email, message after message, they read them, you hear nothing back. It's quite demoralising. And, you know, it can sort of knock you for six. And a lot of the other shows at that time, oh, we're going to have all these big name stars on. We might just have one person we might bring in. And it annoyed me quite a lot. And then I spoke to uh, two, two really good friends of mine, Johnny Royal, Maverick Blade, um, and I said to them, my frustrations and this is what I want to do I want to run a company slash show where everyone that messages us gets a reply everyone that messages us will have an opportunity at a match 
they can take that match footage, they can forward it on to other promoters and say, I've had this match with this person. Um, I've got live crowd experience. I've got these, we, we did promo shoots as well uh, backstage. Not a lot of guys could afford promo shoots. We hired someone to come in. For the sake of Fiverr, stand there, get four or five decent promo shots, take your match footage, you know, but here's our CV, uh, sorry, here's our email address, pop it on your CV, we'll give you a glowing reference. It was just, the idea was just to help people on their way. Mm. You know, there is hope out there, it's just because you've been knocked back a few times, keep going. That's nice. exactly like it sounded when we were chatting to Dow Jones from UKPW. Um, the whole focus on making sure that there were good quality recordings being done, um, the opportunity for people to have the recordings of the matches that they can then use because it makes such a difference to be able to have them on the CVs. Um, it sounds like you're doing it exactly the way we like it done. Indeed. And speaking of UKPW, uh, we, uh, help, we, started, we started a little instigation between the two of you, didn't we? Yes. Uh, a Kent versus uh, Essex uh, rivalry. It's got potential. There. It is there. Uh, <laughs> and we certainly would love to see that sort of thing come to fruition. Uh, you know, you gave, I think, in your first year, like 36 different people an opportunity at wrestling at a live show, uh, which is incredible uh for one so let's talk about uh, some guys that you think are possible future breakout stars uh possible future breakout stars i think in terms of who we've brought in and who we've seen uh kit knox uh yes. Bone brothers mm -hmm. um who else have we had through Riley Daniels, he's our current women's champion. Yeah. Um, just trying to think now, because we've had so many come through. Come through. Um, oh, nice if you had. We did have one come through, and he's unfortunately had to retire. Um, his name was Charlie Biggs fantastic powerful wrestler brilliant on the mic gimmick down to a T um, but he suffered a uh, he was doing another show and he, a four hour one and I think if I remember rightly he took a spine buster and as he hit one of the boards in the ring sort of uh, slid up and he had a big old bleed on the brain from it. Oh. He retired. He, he would have been an excellent one for the future had that not happened. That's, a, that's, that's not good. why safety is, is, is paramount in things. Uh, and they, what about Ash Darving? Because I've seen he's uh, going to be part of the Resurrection show. Yes. Uh, Ash Draven, someone I've got a lot of love for. Very, un he, he's another one. Uh, should be pushing for 
uh, ICW. He should be. I don't know if he has. If I'm, if he has, and I've got it wrong. I'm sorry. Progress. He should be there. He should be more than where he is now. Oh, Another he, one. A great gimmick. He's hopefully going to be well. He well. He is going to be part of uh, Fight Nations. Uh, new show, Fight Nation uh, Wrestling, of course, who took over IWP. So I believe they're going to have a quiet uh, looking at their first show. It just looks like a fantastic show. And both Ash Darbin and Kit Knox are going to be part of that. Uh, and they are two people that we have earmarked. Well, I have earmarked as uh, my little stars. It's like, right, these guys look pretty good of course daniel's going to be at fight nation so he's going to get a nice live uh, look at these guys it's uh, not too far from us down south it's in milton Keynes that one and hmm. my god it does look like it's going to be oh. good no not at all it's a very good venue as well um uh, warehouse nine so yes. yeah yeah it'll be a but good good match let's talk about your return show resurrection yeah uh, so it's the IWE return show, Resurrection, uh, Friday, August 27th uh, at the Rittle Sports and Social Club. And that's Chelmsford, Essex. Uh, adults are £10 a ticket. Kids are £5 a ticket. That's under 16. And a family of four for £25. That's a fantastic family deal and family day out. Uh What's the excitement level right now for yourself? Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. Um, we've all had a long time off of wrestling. Um, everyone's itching to get back out there. Not just wrestlers, fans as well. People are wanting to get out and do things. Um, but yeah, I think Resurrection, you know, this is us coming back from what's been a rather bleak period. Um and we put it on the Friday because it's a bank holiday weekend. Let's kick start it off in the right way. Provided there's no more pushbacks of the. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Day. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. say. Uh, so, who are some of the guys that we're going to be able to see on that day? Well, we've got uh, six matches lined up. Um. So we've got Ash Draven appearing at the show. We've got our national champion, Damien. Um, we have got... Uh, actually, this, is a, this will be a bit of a spoiler because I've not actually told anyone this yet. Ooh, we like exclusive. <laughs> so we did have a superstar female superstar booked in, but she had double booked. Um, so she's been replaced with Chantel Jordan. Ooh. Ooh. I'm a big fan of Chantel Jordan at the moment. I, uh, yeah, I like her, the way she, she just, the way she conducts herself in that ring she looks like an absolute uh, star and she, yeah she's popping up in lots of different places including five runner who which uh, so we ourselves are going to have the chance to uh, commentate on one of her matches and we're really really looking forward to that i think she's taking on harley hudson and the alexa falcon she is indeed 
So great match. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, sorry, go on anymore. And she'll be taking on our women's champion for the title, Riley Daniels. Riley Daniels. Oh wow, that so, is going to be a great thing for Riley as well to have yeah. have somebody who is visiting all of these different promotions at the moment. So let us know about your women's champion, Riley Daniels. Uh, who is she and how did she become the champion? So Riley Daniels, uh, flightless bird, um, is a gimmick, comes out with a uh, bird's feathery jacket. Um, really good up and comer. Um, we, she came down to our first ever show that we'd done, um, which is called Shockwaves. And she wasn't on the show, but she came down with, uh, with a friend and she helped set up. She helped pack down. She helped tidy. She was backstage and she was listening in and just, I think in one match she'd done, she'd said, no, don't do that. It'd look better if you did this. And they went ahead and done that and that got a big pop on the crowd. And I thought, Okay. And then she came back for our second show, um, did exactly the same thing. Um, and then she said, oh, she, I don't know if you know, but I'm a wrestler, but I don't like um, send my CV out because I'm fed up of getting knocked back and whatever else. And I just said, that's what we are here for. We're here for you guys to approach us. I said, we've not had a women's match yet. How would you like to be on our next show? In our first women's match and she was really happy with that and again she turned up early helped set up introduced herself to everyone proper professional um but yeah she was in the our first women's match with uh, mia cortez and uh but yeah she's grown from strength to strength um i think she's based in colchester She's done a few shows in and around there. And it's just her determination, her professionalism, how well she presents herself. And her safeguarding towards other people. It's like key attributes. And you thought, we like this. Oh, she's, so, she's got a good mind for the business. Uh, yeah. So she might, even if she doesn't break out like that, she could certainly look at uh, producing match production, uh, as you say, uh, working backstage with uh, companies as well. Uh, but uh, do you work with any particular schools at all? Or how does um, that work? We don't at the moment, but we are looking at... Um, a possibility of starting one in the future. Um, Very some, cool. Something that me and the guys have spoken about, um, each of us bring something different to the table. A sort of uh, Maverick Blade, he would do, he's absolutely spot on on the, on the microphone. Um, he could match anyone you put him up against, whether it would be a Lord Gideon Grey, he'll match him. Superb. And 
Johnny Royal's more technical side of things, and we've all got different things, and we're all going to take separate um, lessons every so often. Specifically, well, okay, we're going to do this this week, we're going to do that that week. So it's something we're talking about, something we're excited about. So watch this space. Is all I can say. So um, you said about um, doing the recordings and the photos and the shoots backstage. Have you got some content that you have already recorded from um, previous events that you've held? Sorry, say that again, sorry. Have you recorded um, some of the previous events? Do you have um, some some shows that you're going to be putting online at all? Uh, we do have a YouTube channel mm-hmm. um, with some matches on there. Um, we've got all the matches, all the shows we've done, we've got bar one. Um, I'm not sure what happened to that one. But, yeah, we've got... Um, we've got... Uh, Shockwaves online, we've got Road to Glory online, we've got Slapdown Live, um, we've got that on there. Um, but the one after that, no, no, sorry, excuse me, we've got um, Resurrection online, it was a Slapdown Live one that had gone missing. Yeah. We can't work out what happened to it. Well, there um, you go. Uh, what's the? Is it just IWE on YouTube, or how will we? What's the channel uh, tag name? Um, so, if you if you can type into the search bar "Independent Wrestling Elite UK," and you should see us up there. I just put in IWE Wrestling, and it came straight up. There you go. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about your national champion, Damien. He's got a unique look. He's also a very scary man behind the curtain. <laughs> I could imagine. Um, but yeah, he he's another one. Um, he, he, I've got a lot of love for. He's done a lot for me and IWE. Um, not only in front of the crowd, but backstage as well. Um our last venue we was at, which was Rittle, um, he's got a very good eye for detail, as uh, Damien, um, trying to keep kayfabe here, not give away his real name. Um, but yeah, he's quite a powerful, scary looking uh, little monster. Um, he beat Johnny Storm on our last show, which was February last year, for, for the title. Big wow. win, big win. Yeah. Of course, Johnny Storm is uh, hes just an absolute legend of the scene. Uh, as you say, all the way back to the FWA days and the PUA Broom days and, you know, competed all over the world. Uh, just, I, I think, I don't think there's a country he probably hasn't wrestled in. I think he's no. just that well-travelled. And it's great to have somebody of his experience working uh, with younger guys. Uh, so do you do that on a regular? Do you try to bring in one uh, experience name for each of the show? Um, so we've announced towards the last part of last year that we're going to be moving forward um, for now with a set fixed roster. And Johnny Storm has... Well, they kindly agreed to, to come on, come in, 
help some of the younger guys coming up coming up and through the ranks. Um, That's just fantastic. And just to have someone of his caliber and offer all that knowledge. That is fantastic. To anyone. And he's like, oh, you know, he's um he's not asked for any extra for it. He's happy just to sit down as a, with a group and just give like a here's what we would do in this situation, here's whatever else, match reviews and everything else. I think the only reason he never became a big, big name like he should have was just because he loved to travel and he loved the experience of just working with all these different companies. And of course, when you do that, you don't kind of settle into, you know, one company for five years. Uh, if he had done that, yeah, I, I, I honestly believe Johnny, he, he was just that good uh, in so many ways from the technical wrestling side to his amazing ability of high flying, the matches he had against Jody Fleiss and of course with Jody Fleiss as a tag team, uh, just an incredible person. And as you say, somebody yeah. brilliant to work with, with these younger guys. Uh, so your tag team partner, the other half to, oh my God. Almost. <laughs> almost. Then you've got the uh, he the goth daddy Xander. Yes. So Xander is another one we feel has a great potential uh, in the future of British wrestling. Um, again, like Riley Daniels, even on shows he wasn't booked at, turned up early, helped set up, showed the commitment in a nutshell, and he always put on great great matches and we had uh, one guy pull out of a six-man tag and he said right I'm in the area I've just finished my match for I think it was SOS Wrestling do you need me as a stand-in so bearing in mind he'd just come back from injury and he's just done a match jumped in his car still in his gear driving through Essex with his face paint on and his tight white <laughs> and come and did our show. Um, it's wonderful to see somebody in Essex that isn't painted orange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I can say that. I've DJed at the Sugar Hut. Uh, so was he the goth daddy already or did he become the goth daddy at, when you decided to join forces so he was the goth daddy already and I was the urban goth and we were bringing in the tag team belts because the only belt we had at the time was the, the national championship and then right okay we're going to bring in a women's title and a tag team championship so we did that, and then we looked at it and thought, we haven't got any, we haven't got any proper tag teams. And we had the Bone Brothers confirmed. Initially, we had the Rebellion confirmed as part of a tournament. Um, but the show got cancelled, so we had to push it back to February last year. Uh, in the same boat. So I said to Xander, I said to him, um, you're a goth, I'm a goth. 
so we just run with it and see where it goes. Good God Almighty. <laughs> and it, as, as stupid as a name as it sounds, if I walk up, to, I've, I've mentioned to many promoters, I, I'll do, I'm in a tag team. It's called Good God Almighty. They laugh at the name, but then they think to themselves, that's actually a pretty cool name. And we've had a lot of potential bookings just through that alone. Was um, your finishing move the he's broken in half? Uh, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Um, but yeah, throughout the because of the lockdown, nothing else. Um, not really been able to train. I'm based in Portsmouth. He's based in Essex. Nowhere's been open. Um, but I actually reached out to him the other the other week and said, you know, what schools are near you? I'll come up x amount of times a month and we'll get some tag team stuff down just so we can polish off where we left off but uh he was completely up for it um credit to him it was a last minute thing thrown together it seemed to work really well with the crowd um what different music for that one we both have our own individual music but that one um i'd reached out to someone on patreon I think he was a music creator. Like I said to him, really like this. I, this is what I do. I would like to use it for this. And he said, yeah, take it, run with it. Fantastic. Super. Uh, so tell us about the Bone Brothers then. Uh, you're, I guess the rival tag team over there. You, you've highlighted them a couple of times. Let us know about them. Two big beefy dudes, you know, trained at IPW. Um, tag team champions with uh, where are they based at? I'm going to say I don't know. Yeah. They're tag team champions for uh, extreme wrestling. Uh, they're going to kill me now because I can't remember their name. They're over in Hastings. Run by Stu Allen. Bear with. Oh, I'm struggling with it. It's, it's like, but as you say, two, two just big beefy dudes, I guess. Uh, merch for IWE. Uh, merch for IWE. There is none currently yet. Again, this is something we're looking to bring in. Um, initially, IWE was created just as a platform, a non-profit. So. We don't look to make money. Everything we get goes towards the wrestlers. Um, if we make extra, they get a bit extra. Or we can look to improve the next show slightly. Um, our first ever show that we've done was just basically a ring and you walk out of the door. <laughs> um, and we made a lot of money that night. So we, paid, we was in a position we could pay the wrestlers extra. And then we... Net the following show, we had the extra costs to get a curtain, an entrance way, and we've just built like that. So, in terms of merch, it's something we're possibly looking into, mainly next year. Okay. What about your own Ultimate merch? Ultimate British wrestling. Say again, sorry. Ultimate British wrestling, UBW. That's the one where they have been champions. 
There you go. Uh, awesome. Uh, but obviously you have your own merch you do because I saw a, a fantastic hat that had a light-up rim. How did that work? Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of my, my personal merch um, that, I, that I have, I look for something different that's, that, that no one else is selling. Everyone sells caps, beanies, and everything else. I've never seen anyone that sold like a like a, a light up hat. So I looked around and I found these hats with a button on the side, and you can push it four times and it will flash slow, fast, it will stay on, turn off, whatever. Um, and another one that I had, which was a bit outside the box, but was a really big seller, was I had my own drawstring bags. Okay. So where can guys pick up this uh, merch? Um, T-shirts are currently up for sale on the... I don't know if you follow them on Facebook or any social media. There's a company called On The Gear. Uh, all my T-shirts are currently on there, along with a vast variety of other wrestlers. Rampage Brown, Chantel Jordan, Lucia Lee, you name it, they're on there. Priscilla. Um, but in terms of the light-up hats and the bags and everything else, um, I am in the process of setting up a big cartel account to have it all on there. Um, but currently for now, if you just want to drop me a message on any form of social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I can get them out to you. Do you send us a picture of it and we'll share it on our um, Twitter? I've actually got some on Instagram. Ah, happy days. We should just nick it from there then. <laughs> I don't know if we can. Well, we don't have an Instagram account yet. But I don't know what the rules were on that. Uh, but as we say, Resurrection, IWE, the... Uh, Friday, August 27th. Uh, can they get tickets beforehand or is it tickets on the... Yes, so uh, we're having a few issues with online ticket so, uh, link at the moment. Um, but tickets can be on half a sale on the door. Um, alternatively, if you drop a message to the IWE accounts, we can reserve you tickets. And then as soon as it's fixed up, we can send you the link and then you'll have uh, direct first come first serve super put my name up. down <laughs> yeah, big yes he is in the area unfortunately I, I, I'm a little bit too far north uh, I'm a bit isolated I don't there's not much around me I, I have to travel into Newcastle uh, for, a, for a big promotion and uh, <laughs> trying to find one in York I think uh, True Grit Wrestling but it's, it's it's not, not, I would have thought there was more in York, but there's not. Uh, but you know, it's been absolutely amazing having you on today. Uh, you've had some great stories there. Any final fun story you want to try and tell just before we uh close out the interview? Um, fun stories, fun stories. Um I'm actually, I've got a little bold spot here that's never grown back. <laughs> um, and that, I was doing a uh, training session um, 
and we were doing rolls, and I think I'm the only one that's ever stood on his own hair while doing a roll and ripped out a massive hair. Ow! I didn't even feel it. That was the thing. <laughs> and I just sellotaped it to the wall of, the, of said wrestling school and just left it there. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, right, uh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Uh, on that note, we have been free grown men drinking tea, talking about grown adults wrestling in tights. Have a great day, have a great night. And remember, folks, don't feed the trolls. <laughs>